Hey there. You're listening. <laughs> it was good. It was good. You got it. Hey there. Put the kids to bed. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's time to Sadie Hawkins pod and chill with your hosts Jessica and Danny. You looking over at your partner? Are they looking sexy? <laughs> Well, this episode's got disaster written all over it. Let's get it on. (laughs) All you do, not all you do, is you pull out the wires, make a man out of me. I'm trying to figure out if life's worth living without you. Hope I never have to. The stars could align. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins' pod. Hello. What's the matter? Get yourself together. I thought you promised you'd never use that voice outside of the bedroom. (laughs) That's the voice I use when I want to scare Jessica in the middle of the night. She's down asleep, and I'm like, Jessica, wake up. She's like, ah, who's here? I don't understand why you're, like, slightly Southern. I don't know either. All accents are Southern. Um... (laughs) So how are you doing? Oh, good. How's it going? I'm just it's getting. Going, it's going good. Good. Surprisingly less hot. We hit 115 oh, the other yeah. day. It was crazy, but it's, it's all good now. Yeah. It's it's a cooler 80 something now. So good good times. We we had a real bad situation with our gender reveal party. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon because we're not having a baby yet. <laughs> Man, gender reveal parties. It's just the stupidest thing. Thing uh it, it irks me out. Gender reveal parties are just a construct. <laughs> they are. It irks me out almost as much as promposals because like promposals, how stupid is that? Like I think we talked about it in our uh in love with the 80s episode. Oh, right. yep. But yeah, no. No promposals, no gender reveal parties. It's just an excuse to have another party and get more presents like before the the shower it's just it's just an invention of hallmark to get more money from you (laughs) promposals the pro prom (laughs) is just made up by hallmark (laughs) so this week we're talking about disaster yes but we do have top of the show business and we have voicemails from daniel what's up it's daniel uh just out here rolling around at the speed of sound uh, just kidding. I'm actually in a Taco Bell drive-through that's really long. But um, just some thoughts on the episode about uh, bite my tongue, also known as BMT or bigger, meatier, tastier. Um, bigger, meatier, tastier. That's also the name of this week's song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So I definitely hear. Like I never heard it before when you said the thing about uh, brand new. Like I, I definitely hear a similarity with uh, quiet things that no one ever knows in the way that like the verses are kind of like more chill and like the palm mute guitar, um, and then it kind of explodes in that big chorus um, that's like halftime. Um, definitely hear a similarity there, but I think also that song owes a lot of influence to "Sugar We're Going Down" by Fall Out Boy, uh, just in the in the way the chorus is constructed. I, I think what 
made Sugar We're Going Down so big is like the way that chorus just like explodes. Um, and like, um, I, it's really similar if you look at the, like the notes that Tyson is singing versus what Patrick Stump is singing. Like, they, it just goes like from like the root note up to the fifth and like that fifth, that high fifth is like what, uh, kind of really captures it, especially over the really low, like, open drop D chord that they both songs use right there at the beginning of the chorus. Um, and for the record, by my tongue, it's tuned down a half step. So it's actually like drop C sharp, but. Well, duh. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> this is good. He gets this info in for the, for the audio files out there. Yeah. For the, the people who like to go deep into the music. The deep music files should be, and the pedal files should all be. <laughs> Listening. Oh, no, not that again. This is like already an NSFW. Oh, last week when we made the pedal file joke, you made the pedal file joke. Uh huh. <laughs> and we were like, this isn't for outside the podcast. We're looking at you, Brady. Brady didn't do anything. Brady didn't break protocol. He was perfectly fine. <laughs> yep. It was Daniel who tweeted it, about it. It was, yeah. But what I don't agree with is like how um, you're saying that this song was like more of a departure. I think this is one of the songs on five score that is more like what they wrote in the past. I mean, to me, I don't hear anything in the song. That's like a new sound for them. Like it's, there's palm mute guitars and like, you know, they started experimenting more with drop D and stuff on. Mm-hmm, and Tyson isn't really doing that much different with his voice. And it's, it's also not definitely the heavy song on the record. I mean, that would be, I need you or maybe devastation or reform. But I would not say that this is this is that. So yeah, I, to me, this is one of the ones that like connected this album back to their previous stuff for me, and that's what I liked about it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, last week when I said that "Bite My Tongue" to me didn't sound like any previous Reliant K song, and how "Bite My Tongue" felt so heavy to me, you know. I agreed. I didn't think of devastation reform that just slipped my mind i compared by my tongue to savant to sahara right mm-hmm. devastation reform slipped my mind but yeah i would i don't know just something about and maybe i need you as well but to me and i'm joking when i say thrashy but like the most quote-unquote thrashy songs for relying k are like sahara to me anyway, are Sahara, Bite My Tongue, and Devastation Reform. And I guess if you break down, and I, I don't know if, if Daniel's right, if you break down like the song structure and the keys and everything and Bite My Tongue, maybe it is exactly like a previous Reliant K song. Maybe there's a version of Bite My Tongue that you could have done on, on two lefts or something like with a slightly different production. But just something about the heavy production nature, the like, the false metalness of bite my tongue and devastation reform is just part of the reason why I always jokingly refer to five scores their thrash metal album. I don't remember the last time I listened to the like official five score version of devastation and reform because I love 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 that that live at Capitol um performance Mm -hmm. so i usually if i'm gonna listen to devastation reform i listen to that version which is acoustic right well i don't know (laughs) that's off the point of what i was saying about what daniel said but yeah i don't know um 
I don't know, by my tongue, just sound, it doesn't sound to me, and this could be on a totally superficial level to my very untrained ear, by my tongue, along with devastation reform, just don't sound to me like relying K up to that point. It's oh, just no, like I'm agreeing. I'm saying that my reasoning that I had also said that that this was like the heaviest song i had agreed with that because in my mind i wasn't even thinking devastation or reform because i'm so used to listening to that acoustic version it's like up and up where i listen to the bird and the b-sides version right i'm not thinking about like the the proper album version of some of these songs so i'm not thinking about like you know oh is it heavy versus you know not heavy i'm just like oh no it's the version that i usually listen to so disappointed in you, Jessica. <laughs> just kidding. We mentioned the fires a minute ago, and I just want to say that I hope that everybody in, like, Northern California and Oregon are okay. Yes. So, shout out to I wasn't listeners who are in those areas, because I know that there are listeners in those areas, so I hope you guys are okay. My gender reveal fire joke was not punching down to the victims of the fires, punching down to the people who... Do that. Do gender thing. reveal thing. extravagant gender first, reveal parties. That's no. not the first gender reveal party that put lives in danger. No, like a grandma or somebody got killed like a few months ago at oh, one geez. of those, like right before COVID. It's awful because people do these stupid explosive things. Like, yeah. sorry, no offense. Like, <laughs> if your big deal is a gender reveal party, but like. It's just going to lead to disaster. <laughs> Maybe don't pick some like really dangerous way to to do it. Yeah. Anyway, we have two more minutes from Daniel. Uh, I think another thing when you're talking about how this fits with like the last three songs on the album is, I, yeah, if it was up to me, it would have been sequenced a lot differently. I First of all, I don't think I would have put Deathbed on the album at all. I would make it its own single or maybe make a make an EP or something that it's on. But I think the kind of song that it is, and I'm sure you'll get to this eventually and more thoughts about it, but like it deserves its own space. So I actually would have, I would have put like Bite My Tongue as the very last song, I think. Um, even though to that point, it was slightly more traditional for them to end with like something kind of more down tempo and slower. So I guess you could put like maybe give until there's nothing left or something, but um yeah, I would put Bite My Tongue last and not um, Up Enough last, just because, like, the ending, I, I think, of Bite My Tongue with that big, just, like, chord ringing out and the little sound that kind of, like, fades out is better than the or whatever it is that uh, Up Enough ends with. Um, and then maybe have uh, Crayons Can Melt and Last For All I Care as, like, the secret track, um, which there is no hidden track on this album which is another thing i didn't like about it but i do i do love this album it's, it is still a reliant k album you know uh, it's just not higher up on the list than some of the other ones but yeah all that to say that's how i would have done it and yeah i think this this song i think by my tongue is more like their older stuff than certainly like forgiven or uh given till there's nothing left or you know, faking my own suicide, which literally wasn't a Reliant K song until it was. It was Matt Season and Earthquakes. But you guys already know that, but speculate. Yeah, so um Totally agree with the whole deathbed stuff, yeah. <laughs> we've we've even said like on with it on the fan curated vinyl, we're like, just put it as its own like seven inch, like Right. In, in put three other songs it, on the vinyl. Yeah, exactly. It really should have been 
its own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they don't have other songs that were part of EPs or anything that did or, or singles that did not make their way onto an album. So why not? Like Look On Up never did anything else outside of being a single. Right. It's not on. I don't believe it's on an EP or anything. Right. So talking about Deathbed, that's going to come up in my notes later, believe it or not, for oh, this song. Okay. What will it be? Interesting. Do I think Disaster is a prequel to Deathbed? It's the same characters? (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's an interesting theory now. So would it be time travel or something? How does that work? Is there any reference? Are there any, like, timely references in Disaster? Like, do they mention iPhones? I don't think so. Isn't the kid, like, watching a movie in the other room? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess you couldn't watch movies at home in the 40s or whatever or in the 50s or whenever <laughs> did you so danny yeah i was i was the good student the good little scholar that i am and i did what you asked me to do last week which was All right. i updated my song my collapsible lung like songs uh best to worst right. list i forgot <laughs> i didn't do it yep yep i didn't do it and Jessica was like, did you see that text? The text that I sent you to remind you to do this before the show? And I was like, no, I didn't see that text. Why would I look at my text when I'm here with you all day? Why would you text me? Because I wasn't at home when I texted you that. <laughs> I don't remember that happening. You've been here in front of me every day, every second for the last nine months. <laughs> remember when, when I went to the dentist and you went to the orthodontist? Oh, Jessica. <laughs> Do you really have to flex like that? I go to the dentist. <laughs> um, so I went with, and I think that this is. Do, so do, how do you want? How do you want to do this? Do you want me to go and look up where I placed things before? Or do you just want to hear? Where I just want to hear your okay. current list, and then so my we'll current go back list, and look at your old list. One sweeter because I legit like vibe on this song. This was your number one last time. I'm pretty. I sure. think it was. Yeah. Two. Don't blink. Okay. Three, Boomerang. Okay. Four, Can't Complain. Now, that's that's ironic because Boomerang kind of boomeranged from its <laughs> old position because I don't think it was that high the first time. I don't time. think so either. I I think a lot of these change. Um, five, If I Can Take You Home. Six, PTL. Seven, Collapsible Lung. Eight, When You Were My Baby. Nine, Lost Boy. Ten, Disaster. Eleven, Gloria. Well, maybe now I know Gloria was in the same same spot last time as well, and I Gloria's think you're right. I think Sweeter was in like song. the number one. Yeah, I think now, so. Now, where's your? Let's go see your list from the last time okay. because uh, I love that we actually turned you no pun, pun completely intended. We completely turned you around on Boomerang by doing this podcast because that's a song you absolutely hated because you hated yeah, his little his little inflection, his little like like his sassy inflection in that song you always yeah. hated, but now you like that song. Uh, well, I, he, I think you turned me on it. I think you got me to be like, I vibe on it a little more. Right. I don't particularly care for that inflection, but yeah. Talk about songs, as we were talking about last week, that don't sound like Reliant K. This is the album of songs yeah. that don't sound like Reliant K. Okay, so last time it was one, Sweeter. Two, Don't Blink. Yeah, same so far. Three disaster. Oh wow! Um, disaster was in the three spot, and they shot all the way down to eight. Yeah. Uh, four collapsible lung. 
five, which that is way further down now as well. Five boomerang. Six, if I can take you home. That's pretty close because I think I moved it to five. Right. Seven, can't complain, which also moved up the list. Eight, when you were my baby. Nine, PTL. Ten, lost boy. And 11, Gloria. Oh, and of course, that's my jam featuring Owl City at the number 12 spot still. Is that my jam from Clops Belong or is that it's, from... It's the, uh, it's the bonus track. It's the exclusive. Is it? I thought it was a bonus track on Forget. No. 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 <laughs> maybe it's a different... Maybe no. it's a... That song being associated with Forget Not Slow Down would be a disaster. Oh, it's Terminals. Terminals is the bonus track on Forget Not Slow Down. And yeah. that's my jam is the bonus track. Yeah. But because I don't listen to either of those songs and they're both like Al, one's Al, one's actually featuring Al City and the other yeah. is, is Terminals featuring Al City or does it just feel like Al City? It's one or the other. I don't know. We'll do those when we do those songs. We'll figure it out when we do those songs. All right. That's my jam is the one where he's just like singing about all the all the bands songs, and, and we're going to talk about now. Weezer's heart songs when we get to it, and how awful <laughs> that song is. So, but that's not today. So <laughs> that's a disaster, that's a disaster for disaster. another time. Yeah. Uh, so musically, and I, I mentioned this when this was higher up on my on my list that musically this could be on air for free because it feels like a predecessor to Elephant Parade. Right. Even with with the layering that's in there, it, there's also a little touch of bummin', but more closely resembling Elephant Parade. Um, this song is like out of, as I was just saying, how collapsible lung, and I'm not talking about the lyrical content at all yet. I'm just talking about the music. Th- this is a whole album of songs that don't sound like Reliant K songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think any, I just don't, I just can't take, argue, I just can't agree to any arguing that these sound like Reliant K songs up to that point. I do think that this stretched, this this was like stretching the balloon a little too far in terms of what Reliant K could do musically. Yeah. And then the rubber, the rubber, the balloon kind of went back with Air for Free, where with Air for Free, you have now, you can, they can do a little bit more on Air for Free that's a little bit more poppy, a little bit stretching from what they could have been able to do for Get and Not Slow Down and earlier. It's... Like, you know what it's like? It's like Doctor Who. It's like the American telemovie from 1996. That was, that, that, uh, was, was it the seventh Doctor? And he only did the one movie as that Doctor. That was like the proto version of what modern Doctor Who would be like. Mm -hmm. Like, always like one camera setup and with a romantic. Not just a like the, the whole idea of like the romantic um, companion that came along with modern Doctor Who that didn't really exist in classic Doctor Who, but that really begins with the American hmm. Doctor Who movie. So the American Doctor Who movie was like so different from Doctor Who up to that point that a lot of people had a problem with it. But it sort of stretched that balloon. It sort of stretched that sock out. You know what I mean? It kind of like wore out that baseball glove. Right. So that when everything kind of went back to where it should be, now it was slightly changed. Like now the modern Doctor Who can take the the fun attributes of the American Doctor Who TV movie right. and adapt them into modern Doctor Who and now it's acceptable. So in a similar way, Collapsible Lung 
way expanded, way like overdid, broke that glove glove (laughs) in terms of what Reliant Reliant K song could be. And again, I'm only talking about the music. I'm not talking about the lyrics yet. Right. And then you get back to Air for Free and then you can kind of like sort of finesse it and be like, okay, Air for Free sounds more like a Reliant K album. Mm -hmm. So my point is, on Collapsible Long, an album of all a bunch of songs that don't sound like Reliant K songs, except for maybe Don't Blink and Collapsible Long, the song. A whole bunch of songs that don't sound like Reliant K songs. And you can take most of the songs on Collapsible Long and say that this sounds like a pastiche of some other popular artist. Like we've always, we right. talk about it, like this yeah. sounds like the Jack Johnson song. This sounds like the Mumford & Sons song or whatever. Right. Disaster, I think... Unless there's one I'm not thinking of, it doesn't specifically sound like any one artist right. from the radio of the 10 years before Collapsible Lung. Like, it definitely sounds like a thing that is poppy and radio-friendly and could be heard on the radio at some point in the last 15 years. But when I hear Disaster, I don't hear, this is Reliant K trying to be this band. It just sounds like a song that doesn't musically feel like Reliant K mm-hmm. up to that point. Singing lyrics that don't sound like Reliant K lyrics, but yeah. it's a completely it's a completely not you not totally unique because I'm abs- I'm sure you could find songs that sound like it, but it is just it's on collapsible lung. It's one of the most unique songs on there. And my deathbed mention was that this has this weird. This has this sort of jazzy, ragtimey thing in it with the horns, and I was spending um. I did like that little. I don't know if it counts as ragtime, but that slightly like sort of jazzy. Felt like ragtime piano. That ragtime piano forties ish thing. Now that's not what exactly is on deathbed during the flashback choruses, but it does pick up and get just a little bit more peppy and jazzy in deathbed, like when he flashes back so i'm just i'm I'm not like this isn't this it's not the same sort of thing but it feels like it's some it's paint off of the same palette like mixed into a totally different color but to hear a song this song with this sort of jazzy ragtime feeling and then to hear the the happy flashback sections of deathbed with the sort of peppy jazzy vibe these songs they're they're just like like I said they're off the same palette but they're not the same color if that makes sense I gotcha I don't feel that I don't it sounds more like a circus to me it does not sound like like a like the 20s like ragtime era or anything like that to me it sounds uh, like I hear that piano in there but I'm more like associating it with a carnival and oh my gosh I'm gonna say what is probably my most controversial opinion ever oh no but this the music in this does not work for me at least especially in that beginning part it kind of evens out a little bit more towards the end but i don't care for the song musically for the same reason i don't like queen there's just too much going on it's trying there's to be a lot too going many things song. it's and it's not doing any one of those things it well in my opinion it's just yeah. trying to do too much yeah, maybe in a way, maybe I'm not too far off with this deathbed comparison because it's like we always talk about how what's the song on air for free? Elephant Parade. No, 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 the mm-hmm. one that's like a deathbed light. 
Oh, um, Runnin. Runnin. How how Runnin is almost like a compacted mini pseudo sequel, spiritual sequel to Deathbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe. I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking of this now live on the podcast. But maybe Deathbed is this weird like <laughs> this weird like cousin. Sorry, maybe Disaster is this weird cousin to Deathbed, where there's a lot going on. Just like there's a lot going on in Deathbed, but you because of the length of the song, you can have you, you know the transitions in Deathbed kind of flow. They make sense in a way, but since D- D- Disaster is a short little radio pop intended song there's all of these transitions and different movements and sections that are just so compacted that I can see how you and someone else might hear all of the big lifts and all of the horn lines and all of the slow, quiet parts going up into the big joyous parts. How that's a little too much. It's a little too, too dynamic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I want to, is that all you have to say about the music? Cause I want to talk about the lyrics a little bit. I mean, I definitely have stuff to talk about the lyrics, but let me just double check okay. my notes. Um, I like. I wrote down. I like the horns. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you do. <laughs> I like the horn line too. Da, 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 da. I like that. That's fun. Like, I definitely wish this had been on the radio at some point. I wish it had been called Matt Teeson and the Buddies instead of Reliant K. <laughs> but I would have loved to hear this song on the radio back in 2013. If this song came on the radio back in 2013, you would have turned it off. No, no, I wouldn't. Not necessarily. No, no. I'm giving him a look. I don't think so. Because you wouldn't have been listening to a radio station playing this song Probably in the first not, place. Probably not, but if I was at yeah. the grocery store and this came on... <laughs> I wouldn't go complain to the they manager. Don't, they don't play this kind of music at the grocery store. They play whatever music 30-somethings of that time listened to when they were in high school. So, like, right now, they're playing, like, Simple Plan and Good Charlotte and Avril Lavigne when you go to the grocery store because they want all the the wives and new moms out there to be like, oh, I remember high school. Wasn't that a great time? Let me buy more soup. I don't know. <laughs> To me, the lyrics feel like a first draft. They're kind of all over the place. They're incomplete thoughts. They lack the structure and depth of typical Reliant K songs. If you and, and and I think that so this song rated higher for me before because it was just like it was more the like sort of humorous and like factor to this of like talking like Matt Teeson wrote a song about banging a chick after church while a kid is in the next room over. It's funny. It's weird. Sure. Great song. Now that I actually sat down and I looked at the lyrics, I was like... Sleeping or watching a movie. (laughs) True. Still in the next room over. Um, I I just kind of was like looking at the lyrics going, it's just, it's not good. And it's weird because this is one of the, one of three songs that's only written by an actual member of Reliant K. Right. And I think this is, I, I could be wrong here, um, but this is the only solo Teeson song that's written. That's correct. Yeah. On this record. And it's so bizarre to look at the writing of the songs on Forget and Not Slow Down, which are the last solo, you know, Teeson written songs that with the exception of, I think, like Candlelight. Uh, Matt Hoops also has a credit, writing right. credit on, and I can't remember if there's any others. But you're, you're looking at the perfect album that is Forget and Not Slow Down. And you look at those those lyrics. And then this is what you get next. 
this is this song is your next solo Matt Thiessen written song. Right. And it's just such a jump in quality because it doesn't even compare. It feels like this was an idea that shouldn't have made it to a second draft. Or if it did, it should have taken some of these ideas and then just completely restructured them. Well, I like the lyric about pull out the wires, make a man out of me. I think that is, that is like, I can, I can understand exactly what you're saying. I like this song just because it's like, I kind of just vibe on it. I like the peppiness. I like, I, I'm not crazy about, we'll talk about sexy gate in a minute. I'm not crazy <laughs> about like the theme of it or whatever, but I do like the song and when I hear the line, pull out the wires, make a man out of me, that sounds a ly- like a lyric you could put on almost any other classic Reliant K album. Like, that's a very poetic, very, um, an, it puts an image in your head. Yeah, it's, I, it's I do really agree with metaphor. that. It, it does feel like that is a line that could be in, like, Man on Air for Free or something like that. Like, it, right. it, that is, you're correct, that is a great line. Um. But when they're like exploding, the, when he's like exploding the sky and the stars could align, I'm like, that's all like poetry. That's all like poetry bot lines. Like anyone could come up with that. Yeah. I don't feel like anyone could come up with pull out the wires, make a man out of me. Yeah. And then the, all the rest of the lyrics are just very literal. I mean, it's, is it literal, Tyson? This isn't literal, Tyson, in the sense that I don't think this is a true story. But it is presented in the form of literal Tyson, where he's singing this song like, here's a thing that happened. We went to church and the baby's watching a movie, whatever, and the girl's looking sexy and, and this is going to be disaster because this isn't. And it's all about sort of like this relationship. The whole thing is like about this is going to be a disaster. This relationship's going to be a disaster, but we're going to do it anyway. Right. And it's going to be great. So it's like, okay, so is this a toxic relationship? What What is this? What's going on Well, I don't think here? so. And this is going to get into the bigger talk that I'm trying to hold back for a certain point. But this to me is the sore thumb in the common fan theory about this being a story album. And this being the sequel to Forget Not Slow Down. And this being like a fictionalized sequel of like the guy from Forget Not Slow Down, who in real life is Thiessen, is now like a fictional character. And he's pursuing vapid relationships. And that's signified through the vapid music in the album. I don't agree with that theory. I want to get more into that specifically. We've gotten into that a lot in past collapsible long episodes, but I'm kind of hoping to put a button on that discussion this week because this song, when I hear this song, it doesn't make sense in the idea of this is a story about a guy bouncing between relationships. Because when I've, after I heard that theory, which I had never heard until we started this podcast, and I've heard it a number of times, and it came up this week twice when I was tweeting and posting about how we're doing disaster, it came up from different people mentioning that they believe that theory again. And I'm like, I didn't, I have decided to like choose my battles on the discussion. I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to be the jerk that like, no, that's not true. Right. To people like online anymore. I have done that. I did that to Brady. I'm sorry, Brady. (laughs) Brady was like in DMS. He was defending that theory. And I'm like, but here's all the reasons why we don't agree with it. But 
Brady we know, we talk to. I'm just not going to like debate people online anymore. We have this platform. We have this show where we can talk about it. And this is where I'll kind of leave it. Because I don't want to poo-poo people's headcanon that this makes this album make sense to them. Mm-hmm. But that theory doesn't make sense to me. And when we interviewed John Schneck, I guess I'm just getting into the, this theory, this whole talk now. When we talked to John Schneck, we specifically asked him about that. And he was surprised to hear that fans out there think that Collapsible Long is a story album and that they think it is any kind of sequel to Forget and Not Slow Down. And he said, no, that album is not a story. He said those words. He didn't, he didn't say it uncertainly. He <laughs> right. left some other things on the table in uncertain terms, but he said, no, that, that album is not a story album. And we had all these circumstantial things to debate it, like... If it's a story, why haven't the Mats ever said it's a story? Yeah. Even though in multiple interviews they talked about how Forget Not Slow Down was a single, was like basically a single opera story, like a rock opera story in a way. Not a rock opera, but a single story album. Right. So for me, one of the first places before we talked to John Schneck, before we got any kind of confirmation, this song is like a positive, happy love song. It's a little tinged, but it's not like disaster. And it's not like when you were my baby. It's not a sad song. This is disaster. What did I say? You said boomerang. Sorry, Jessica's correcting me on the phone. It's not like boomerang, which is about a toxic relationship that he can't get out of. It's not like lost boy. It's not like, like so many of the songs on this album are about toxic relationships or like, lapse in judgment with relationships and love the the two the three songs that aren't like that are don't blink disaster and collapsible lung collapsible lung fits in everyone's story because it's all it's about an old an old man at the end of his life or or he's go he's he's eventually gonna be old and he loves his wife and he wants to grow old and he doesn't want to hear the last of the holy ghost like that's that's the end of the story album concept to everyone to people who believe that thing but to me disaster it's just this happy love song about this like couple that's just trying to make it work. Like there's nothing toxic about the relationship discussed in this album. They go to church together. They have a kid or she has a kid that they seem to all get along. Like there's nothing bad. The only thing is, is like we're in love, but oh, for how long? He stopped going to the bar. That's another thing. Like it's like a lot of people were shocked when you see some of like the early reactions to Collapsible Long from 2013 and how people were like, I can't believe Tyson's singing about going to the bar in Boomerang. But in this song, Disaster, he stops going to the bar because he's in a relationship with someone who has a kid. And to me, it's unclear whether or not, and I actually put a, I put a poll up on, the, on Twitter I asked, in disaster from Collapsible Lung, do you think the baby is their baby or a single mother and she's da- that he's dating? So basically, like, is it their child that's off watching a movie or sleeping while they're getting Netflixing and chill or whatever? <laughs> or is he dating a single mom? And you and, and I had always thought it was single mom. I kind of thought it was single mom. Yeah. 40 so out of 28 votes and this was only up for like 17 hours out of 48 out of 28 votes 46 percent think it's their baby together uh 39 think she's a single mom and he's just dating a lady with a baby and then 15 percent said i don't know and i don't care (laughs) 
And then um, Andy Flowers replied and he said, I always imagine the narrative being written from Hoops' perspective who would have had a child at that point. No? And I was like, that's interesting. But even though it is only written by Matt Thiessen, Matt Hoops and Thiessen are friends. Like, why would right. he not, like, be writing from the perspective of maybe Hoops, possibly? Yeah. Like, he's Hoops. Well, I don't know if Hoops would have been divorced at that point, but he's he's got a child. Uh, if he was divorced and dating someone else or meaning his... I'm not sure about that Yeah, timeline. I've never really... We, we know a little bit more about Thiessen's relationship timeline than Hoops's. So my point is, this is like a happy song about some people that are trying to make a relationship work. And it's in the middle of these songs because then what is what follows up this song? It's another like dour pop song. When about, You Were My Baby. When You Were My Baby. So it's another breakup song. I don't hear, I don't think this, because I think When You Were My, because... And all, PTL comes before this, which I actually had to go back and listen to PTL after listening to this song right. because I just wanted to wash the sound out of my brain. It just if this was a story album, it's too it's too um, chaotic in terms of the story. Yeah, it's like it's not like relationship to relationship. It's like it's this just, song. Sorry, this album is pure chaotic energy. Right. Because I believe that the point, I believe the reality is that it's just a bunch of pop songs written about relationships because they thought that was what was going to like be interesting to like a pop mainstream sensibility. And it's, and a bunch of other people, it, This I just don't see how this can be a story album when a bunch of other people wrote it. Like Matt Thiessen writes a perfect story album and then he gets a handful of other guest writers to write a bunch of songs and we don't even know what songs uncollapsible long because we don't know about the co-writers who like said here's my song let's matt and you do a little bit of working on a song that i'm bringing to the table you know did matt mm-hmm. bring everything to the table and other people just worked on those things or are there any songs on this album that begin with the co-writer and matt works on their stuff so how does that become a studio album? however as i said john schneck said this is not a story album <laughs> So going back to, is this their kid or is this her kid? In the first verse, this is why I have always thought that it was just her kid. I think we're in love, but oh, for how long it's got disaster written all over it. So nobody show her our horoscope headline disaster written all over it. Why would you be and the first line of this song is right. i was spending all my time falling in love should have known better but it's so much fun when i'm with you you've already fallen in love if you've gotten married and had a kid hopefully i mean hypothetically are they two three four years into a relationship and they have a kid now maybe maybe but yeah this is like the settling down song even though it doesn't feel like like there's the the only thing that indicates that maybe he's like oh for how long when he says oh for how long and this has got disaster written all over it, those are the only things that kind of indicate that this is in any way problematic but any line about their actual like being together like she's looking so sexy and like oh well, let's let's get it on baby or whatever it says right it's like all of that seems really positive and like they really like each other like there's no indications in the lyric that there's actually going to be disaster right it's just if you're married you're not thinking like 
this relationship has disaster written all over it. That's not a thought that's necessarily coming into your head. It's we're married, we're happy, we're settled down if we're in such a great place. You know, it's not nobody show her our horoscope because it's got disaster written all over it. You know, if it's your kid together, you know, you're making a life together. Exactly. One other thing I thought to myself is like, to say it's disaster could also be sort of ironic like is like oh we're getting in because tr- we're getting in trouble you know what I mean when two people are getting frisky you know whatever and they're like oh we're getting in trouble but it's it's you like it it's like good trouble you know what I right. mean like when people say we're getting in trouble they mean it as a good thing so this could be an ironic sense of we're getting where this is a disaster but it's like no this is a good disaster this is like good trouble this is a good disaster right. on purpose so I'm going to move on to, to, what did you call it, Churchgate, Se- Sexygate? Sexygate. So that, that feels like a good yeah, yeah. transition. Um, so the use of church here is so odd to me. Right. Like, he, like, Tyson was either like, oh, man, we didn't really have any religious references, so we need some for those fans and, like, shoehorned it into the weirdest place. Or it was, like you said before, it's a literal Tyson moment. Like, that was maybe... A little misguided and not that it's not relatable because I'm sure that it is we don't have kids yet but I have friends who have kids and I know that you have to get creative sometimes when you want to be intimate with your partner um it, it's not even that Tyson says sexy that like weirds me out it, it weirds cre- me out the, I mean it's a little bit it's the way he says it yes that no, is yeah, really cringy that, that so is sexy yeah it's like breathy <laughs> and it's 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 jarring I don't know it's just like and it, it's it's more the way he says it than the implication of like, hey, girl, you looking fine in your church wear, like showing <laughs> some thigh and a best, little cleavage. You're looking you know? good in your Sunday best. <laughs> so, yeah, this is like this song, like kind of tore a little hole in the Reliant K universe from what I can tell, because I still find posts about it to this day. But like and it's so funny because I got something else to talk about this in a more timely way. But to think that, I guess I'll just talk about that now, to think about like a lot of Christian bands who have either gone full non-Christian, maybe gone atheist or gone like just, you know, maybe they're Christian, but they have no interest in being Christian artists anymore. And one of the signifiers of that, especially in maybe the Christian metal or like in Page of the Lion or something is to just do full on like songs with swears and curses and like making it very clear like i no longer believe the stuff on our first albums right and then you have in the middle of in like sort of in the way more like not like that version is like mxpx and five iron frenzy who who believe things differently than they believed back then but don't really openly talk about the mxpx certainly doesn't talk about my career doesn't talk about what I what he does believe anymore. He said, "Oh, I don't believe what I believed back then anymore." But he doesn't say what he believes now. Like he just, he's just like it's nobody's business, and it's not in their music. There's no MXPX songs about losing his faith or anything. But he, then he on the new album they say a couple of swears goddamn refrigerator and big ass van and some people are like whoa mxpx is swearing it's well, it's crazy it's weird right it's like a little controversy fiverr and frenzy 
this week had their kick started their Kickstarter for their next album, and on their on their single for this Kickstarter, he says the word ass. And on the Five Iron Frenzy Facebook group, like that's all it was for like a week <laughs> was jokes about how Five Iron Frenzy finally swore. And some people were, were like, are, are, are people really upset about this? I think we're all joking, right? Like we're not actually <laughs> right. upset about this. And some people probably were actually upset about it. But then here you have Reliant K in 2013, and it's not even a swear, but it just feels such a departure and it and whether they thought it was or not it felt like a statement to be like we're relying k and we're using this word that relying k of the previous albums would never use sexy and specifically saying a woman looks sexy hey girl you're looking so sexy it feels like a swear and i talked about this with the first time i heard friday tonight by mxpx where they say gd refrigerator I don't care if MXPX swears. Like, I literally don't care if they start using the F word. I don't care. But the first time I heard it, finally, and the first time I heard Friday Tonight was live in concert, and I literally went, whoa, (laughs) in the middle of the crowd, because I just wasn't ready for it. I just wasn't. And I'm like, okay, the seal is off. Who cares anymore, right? So it's a similar thing where it's like, I don't care if Matt Thiessen wants to write adult songs or... People want people call it secular. I call it real world. Like just like like songs that are just based in the real world, right. based in the world of, of everybody. If he wants to write songs that are more adult in theme or whatever, I don't care. But it is still weird when you hear it because you're trained, your ears trained for it. In, 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 in another example, completely not Christian at all. Like one of the, the like <laughs> one of the most liberal bands uh, in the world, like not Christian conservative, like hard left bands. They might be giants. They don't ever swear, right? There's like one swear on the Apollo eighteen album, and then there's like no other swears for two decades. And then he said the S word on the newer album, and it was shocking. Because it's, they might be giants. It's like, you're just trained to know. They'll sing about like horrible death and like, like all these weird concepts and stuff that are kind of freaky. But to hear them actually drop the S word was like shocking. And it has nothing to do with Christianity. It's just what your ears trained for. So sexy gate. Yeah. It's just weird (laughs) to hear Matt Thiessen in an album called Reliant K, again, if it was Matt Thiessen and the Buddies, yeah. I wouldn't care as much, but it says Reliant K on the cover, and I'm like, he said sexy, and he said, sexy. He did, he said it all breathy, yeah. and it's definite, and, and it comes in a line that's definitely <laughs> alluding to, hey girl, you looking good, let's go bang. I just started thinking of an, um, a little bit of Lexi from... <laughs> A little bit of Lexus. Little Lexus, sorry. <laughs> well, I, I just sexy Lexi, Lexus. Okay, little bit of Lexus, Lexi. Little bit of Lexa. What's her name? From we're talking about Schitt's Creek, the TV show. What's her name? Now Lexus. I'm throwing myself. Lexus. Little. Le- what? I can't remember right now. What's her name? Say it. <laughs> You said it wrong so many times. I legit have to double check myself because I'm like, 
Alexis. It's Alexis. Yeah. So hold on. I want to see if we can find her 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 reality sh- her limited reality show theme song. Here we go. Hi, my name is Alexis Rose, represented by Alexis Rose Talent. Okay, what are you gonna be singing for us today, Alexis? Okay, so Matt Thiessen's breathy nature, when he sings about the girl looking so sexy, mm-hmm. it reminds me of this scene from Schitt's Creek. I have chosen to perform the title track off of my critically reviewed limited reality series, A Little Bit Alexis. Ooh. Feel free to sing along if you know the words. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'm a Lamborghini. I'm a Hollywood star. I'm a little bit tipsy when I drive my car. I'm expensive sushi. I'm a cute, huge yacht. I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit of la, 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 la. A little bit of Lexus. It was particularly like, I'm a little bit single, even when I'm not. Like, that's the part that reminds me of Tyson singing, you're looking so sexy. That's my favorite collapse of a lung song right there. The, the a little bit of Alexis theme song. Indeed. So... So, I don't know if they ever played that song live in concert, but what it seems like... A little bit of Alexis? A little bit of Alexis. (laughs) But what it seems like is Reliant K has never played Disaster live. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't... First, I didn't find any YouTube videos of it, which, when we've not found YouTube videos for live songs from the first three albums, that I know they played live because I saw them live, like, Kickoff... And it took a lot of digging to find proof that they ever played Kickoff Live, but they have. This is a song that's like, now we're talking 2013. Now we're talking when, like, tour managers actually update Setlist FM themselves. Right. And we're talking about when everyone's recording every song. And if someone said, if Tyson said, this is a new song coming from our upcoming album, someone would have recorded it and uploaded it. Right. But it sounds like... Reliant K, because it's not on Setlist FM. I was going to say, it's no, not on Setlist It's not FM, listed on yeah. Setlist FM, and it's nowhere on YouTube. So this is... And it turns out, this song and Gloria and Lost Boy, there's no proof mm. of them ever having been played live. Hmm. And I don't know how many other Reliant K albums have any songs that were never played live. Like, well, there's no proof of My Way or the Highway to Hell being played live. But... It's not like, like up to a point, Green Day. There was a, they had a lot of songs that they had never played live, and like Five Iron Frenzy, they have a lot of songs. They have a lot of songs that they just do for the studio just to make the album longer. They're good songs, but they just don't play them live. Reliant K is a band where it feels like if they've written a song, it can be in a set list. Mm-hmm. And most, most like 98% of Reliant K's songs have been played live once. It feels like. Here's three examples. These three songs have collapsed along, never been played live. Crazy. Crazy. What's up? It's a disaster. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't play it live was because it was a disaster. I mean, there is a lot going on musically and maybe they just couldn't. Maybe they just couldn't quite translate that. Maybe. 
I mean, I'm sure... Or you did could, not want to adapt it to a more stage-friendly like version. A stri- any kind like, of stripped-down yeah. version with just the instruments they have, maybe. Or maybe they got backlash for the song, and that's why they never incorporated it. Mm. I don't know. It would been funny if there was one live video, and it's like, baby, you're looking so sexy, and then the crowd goes, boo! <laughs> boo! <laughs> And then there's one guy in the crowd's like, give him a chance. Why do they buy why do they buy tickets just to boo us? They actually previewed the song in Cleveland and it just did not go over. All right with that drunk crowd. (laughs) Yeah, missing poster at the bar. (laughs) Marigolds. So I did not pull up a lot of on my deep dive. I mean, there were a lot of results when you put in Reliant K Disaster. And the one thing we're going to talk about is not at all related to Collapsible Lung or this song. It's just a general Reliant K Disaster that happened. Right. Um, had this occurred during Collapsible Lung touring, I would have been like, man, that is a sign. But... <laughs> oh, what? Reliant K's bus lights on fire. Oh! (laughs) Popular mainstream and Christian rock band Reliant K hit a major setback Thursday when their tour bus went up in flames, just finishing up an opening night performance Down in flames. at at this year's creation Northeast Festival in Pennsylvania in front of about 75,000 fans. The band was heading to their next stop in Bushnell, Illinois. We when, can go for some Bushmills whiskey now. <laughs> when the bus went into flames around 3.20 a.m. on Thursday morning due to an engine eruption under the back lounge of the tour bus, the group was expected Ooh, to lounge. headline <laughs> the, con- the concerts at the Cornerstone Festival Thursday night in front of another 20,000 fans. It was pandemonium, explained Matt Thiessen, lead vocals to the Times reporter. Everyone was screaming. We thought the bus might blow up. The problem was spotted from the back of the vehicle by Thiessen and one of his friends who then alerted the bus driver. The rest of the band was awakened by the alarmed driver who made everyone evacuate. Fortunately, no band member was hurt in the accident, but the blaze will ring up a hefty damage bill. Although total costs of damage for the vehicles are unknown, Thiessen has reported that his items were valued up to at least $7,000, which included his laptop computer containing 100 unfinished songs. Because of the disaster, the band had to cancel its cornerstone appearance, but still plans on making a Saturday night performance planned for Green Greenlee, Colorado. Despite all the problems, the band was has handled the chaos fairly well. We were just gawking and kind of laughing outside the bus. It was also cinematic, said Thiessen in the Times report. There was the night sky with all this light and this fireman kneeling and hacking at the top of the bus with an axe. It's funny to be on stage playing for 75,000 people, having a great time at the height of your element, he added, then hours later standing outside by a burning bus with no shoes on, feeling basically like a refugee. And then it goes on to just talk about, like, Reliant K is a Grammy-nominated Dove Award-winning band from Ohio. Uh, Boys from Canton. Exactly. Uh, So, yeah. And that was during the the five score. Oh, wow. uh, Year. Era. (laughs) Well, when you were, like, like, when they were, like, it was very cinematic or whatever. And I was thinking, like, would there be a moment where they're, like, when the fire was, like, reflecting off of the night sky and off of the moon, I just had to put up my hands and praise the Lord. 
Like, it's so oh, beautiful. No. Oh, no. But a laptop with 100 unfinished songs, what? Oh, no. I missed that part. I was <laughs> going to say, that. I'm Sorry. shocked that you had nothing to say about Sorry, that. Sorry, thank you for repeating that. I was listening, but then I got kind of lost in thought because of my joke. Oh, man, that sucks. That's that's awful. Yeah. Think of all the great collapse of the lung songs <laughs> that might have been in there. <laughs> um. Wow. I that I'd never heard of that. That's that's bizarre and amazing. I'm trying to think of like there was some other band that something like oh the Huntingtons had their I have two other Christian van disaster stories that come to mind. The Huntingtons had like all of their equipment stolen from their like truck and this is like in the late nineties. Uh, like overnight when they were in a hotel or something or, and the, like the, they just came outside and everything had been stolen out of their van. I remember hearing, reading that in like decapolis.com or something. I don't know if I'm saying that, the name of that website correctly. I was like, oh man, that's awful. That stinks. But then I remember the band Beanbag, which was an Australian rap rock group that had like two albums. They're real, oh, wow. they're real under the radar as far as like Christian rock bands go, but they... I remember they came and they played like this small club in New Hampshire and it wasn't even it wasn't even like a church show. It was just like a small all ages club and I was like, I've heard of Beanbag, they're a Christian band, like I don't know their albums, I'm gonna go check them out. And they were the nicest guys and it was a really fun show. I didn't really know their songs. We had such a great time. We talked to them, they told us all about Australia and stuff. And it turned out a couple years later, they like flipped their van on tour, and that's when they broke up. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! It's awful. There's a lot of like, like bus tour stuff. I have a friend who used to be in a family Christian band, and their uh, they had a like a little tour bus that they toured around in, and theirs went up on in flames as well. Oh wow! Yeah. I remember when you remember when Spinal Tap died. They had just played this gig in Springfield <laughs> that went really badly. We only played for 15 minutes and the crowd rioted. And then the next day, they were in their tour bus. And apparently they were like, they thought the show the night before had been really good. But then like they got run off the road and their their bus blew up. Remember this? I oh. do. It was a big deal Yeah. at the time. I'm mixing up real life with The Simpsons again. Yep. So with that, we're going to take a break and then come back with YouTube stuff. If you'd like to interact with Sadie Hawkins Pod, please do. We have a voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. You can also send us an email at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And check out our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. We'd also like to take this moment to thank our patrons who have signed up at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. We've got Brady, David, Tucker, This Might Be a Podcast, Owen, Jimmy Eat Pod, Roxanne, and Samantha. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we're discussing most of the K is for Karaoke tracks, like Justin Bieber's Baby and Cake's The Distance. We've done some random stuff, like a video of us playing Animal Crossing and discussing our summertime playlists. Oh, and we're reading through the entirety of the Relying K-related book, Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind. And hey, if you thought there wasn't a Reliant K book that makes a short bus joke, well, sign up and learn how wrong you were. There are two $5 and $10 levels where you can get those bonus apps and extras like merch. And if you have a special someone in your life, think of giving them the gift of Sadie Hawkins Pod. (laughs) 
So please tell me we have lots of FMVs this week. No, there's like barely anything. Oh, and real quick. Because there's so many other better songs called Disaster. <laughs> well, we're all going to talk about that. But I completely forgot real quick, going back to a previous point about Sexy Gate and like how crazy it is Reliant K used the word sexy, even though it's not a swear. I made this meme where it's Squidward sleeping. And he's like, doesn't care that MXPX swears, and he doesn't care that Five Iron swears, but then he opens his eyes, and they're all red when <laughs> Reliant K says sexy. And I posted that to our Twitter and our Instagram, but then I also posted it to the Five Iron Frenzy Facebook group, because I'm like, oh, this is a, a, face, a Five Iron Frenzy meme. Right. It's a, cor- it's a third of a Five Iron Frenzy meme. <laughs> and then Corey Bowen, Corey Bowen said... No joking, I was 20 when collapsible lung dropped, and I had a small identity crisis over Sexy, which somehow overshadowed the fact that the album was trash. <laughs> and then it got four likes. That comment on the Facebook group got four likes, aside from my fifth one. Um, and I said, can I mention this on my podcast? And he said, sure. <laughs> so It is weird. Disaster is maybe one of the only other... One of the only Reliant K songs that shares a title with MXPX and Blink-182. Oh, wow. So here is MXPX's Disaster. Sitting in my car, drinking from a flask. Laying future plans, words up the nerve to ask. Never can't prepare you for the way we all fail. We're so in love, it just doesn't He's drinking from a flask. Well, that's right. He's drinking from a (laughs) flask in his car. You better watch out. My cousin was on the news. Like my in real life, like two years ago, my cousin was on the Massachusetts news because he got drunk and decided not to drive drunk, but because he was sitting in his driver's seat with the key in the ignition for the air. That was tech and not driving. That technically counted as drunk operation of a vehicle, and he got arrested. And it became one of those stories of the news loves of like bureaucracy arrests gone mad, like borderline not a crime. Like the news loves those type of stories. Right. And my cousin got arrested for this. So if Mike Herrera is sitting in a car drinking from a flask. I hope he's in the backseat because the cop even said interviewed on the news. So I watched the report when it was still on the local like website, Boston websites. The cop was like, if you sit in the backseat, it wouldn't be a crime at all. You know what I mean? But even more so, maybe the biggest controversy of all, listen to who Mike Herrera is sitting in a car and drinking from a flask with. Oh, Satan's in his car drinking from a flask. You know that, right? That misheard lyric? It's Satan in a car drinking from a flask. Why did you point at me like you thought I genuinely knew that misheard lyric? Like, I hang out on amiright.com all day. Well, I thought maybe you'd seen a meme I'd made of it. Satan in my car. Oh, oops, sorry. (laughs) I love you and I support your art, Danny. All right, thank you. (laughs) You clearly don't. Now, here's... (laughs) 
Here's Blink 182's disaster. So that one, that disaster is from uh, is from 2018. So that's obviously at, well after the 2013 Reliant K song. But um, Dogs Eating Dogs EP by Blink 182 came out in 2012. So this came out the year before Reliant K's disaster. By the way, it's so weird. I don't know if a certain Blink-22 podcast discussed this if when they did this song. But the beginning of this song, Disaster by Blink-22, sounds like the Limp Biscuit Mission Impossible cover. <laughs> you know that you know when Limp Biscuit did the Mission Impossible? There's a name for the song. It's not just the Mission Impossible song. Hold on. Listen to Blink-22's beginning of Disaster. Okay. And then here's... This is Limp Bizkit's Take a Look Around, which is the song they did for Mission Impossible 2, where they sampled the Mission Impossible riff. How does that not sound exactly the same? <laughs> like, obviously it's sideways. It's not exactly the same. Here's Blink-22 again. <laughs> it's a little lower. It's a little... Yeah. And it's obviously not the Mission Impossible riff. But anyway, let me skip ahead a little you, bit. You were like, look, giving me a look like, you know, when when Limp Biscuit did this, I'm like, no, my mom wouldn't let me listen to Limp Biscuit. <laughs> I didn't ever really listen. I never listened to Limp Biscuit. I definitely never owned anything Limp Biscuit. But that's the Limp Biscuit song that I liked was the Mission Impossible Take a Look Around song. The most I knew about Limp Biscuit was when the mom from Even Stevens took it away from the kids. Like, <laughs> was that an episode of Even Stevens? Yeah. That's funny. Uh, I think it was like just like a throwaway like line, too. Uh, so let's just button this up. Here's Blink 182 playing their song called Disaster. What do you think? <laughs> Jessica made a face like she ate a lemon. <laughs> and you know what? Another one that's on our uh, our Christian rock radar. Newsboys have a song called Disaster. Does Dinny have anything to uh, contribute? Oh, good day. It's me, Dinny. Yes, it's right. I do a Newsboys song by song podcast. Yeah, I know. Love, Love Liberty podcast. Love Liberty podcast. Yeah. So, Dinny, I don't know if you heard, but we were just talking about Disaster by Newsboys. What Do you have anything to, to contribute to that? We haven't really gotten to that song yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm doing a little bit of a Liverpoolian accent. I'm doing... <laughs> doing a play about the Beatles. Oh, nice. It's a live stream. Oh, right, of course. How how are you guys doing down under with with the quarantine and everything? Are you still distancing and everything or have things kind of gone back to normal? It's good. <laughs> 
Thanks, Denny. Denny's gone. Oh wow, he that was fast. To, he's got to get to bed. He's it's it's four in the afternoon there. I had so many more questions for him. Well, Denny left me a note, and he said for me to mention that uh, this Newsboys album restart also came out in 2013. Oh, okay. Interesting. So both bands had a song called "Disaster." <laughs> me trying to do. <laughs> An Australian accent right now when I haven't been practicing, that's the greatest disaster of all. What are you talking about? Nothing, you know. I mean, if I I tried to do an impression of, of Denny recently and it just Oh, okay. Okay. So um anyway. <laughs> here so there's only three things to really play. Uh this is the first one. This is an acoustic cover uploaded to SoundCloud by by Egranola, which I feel like we've played this before. E G R A N O L A. Egranola. Egrolina. Here's their disaster cover. All my time falling in love. Should have known better, but it's so much more fun when I'm with you. Now there's a missing person poster hanging up at the bar. Cause I, I've got a good- so it's not on key. It's it's it struggles a little. Not on key, but I like that Egranola gets a little. Actually, tries to add the horns in later. Here we go. Make a man out of me. Try to figure out if life's worth living without you. Hope I never have to. The stars could alone. I think it's funny. (laughs) They did their best. It's a little off key, but I love the keyboard horns that they threw in to just try to try to fill in that background. (laughs) I got nothing bad to say. I can't complain. I can't complain, which is the song we're doing this week. You'd think it was a disaster, but I can't complain. That's how it's a story album. If you take all the titles from Collapsible Long, it it makes a sentence. So uh, Adam Goff from, I forget now if it's Sylph or Sliff. I'm sorry, but Sylph Band, I think. Jeez, Danny. I think it's Sylph Band. (laughs) And he sent us covers before. He sent us an exclusive Seventeen magazine cover. Here is his cover on ukulele of Disaster. What? It works better stripped down like that in just a ukulele yeah. cover. Yeah. But I'll say that even Adam singing, you look so sexy. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like anyone 
can't really pull off that line. Maybe Prince <laughs> is the only one who can pull that actually pull that line off. We didn't hear Igranola's "You Look So Sexy" line. Let's go back to that. Ooh, I landed right on it. Okay, here we go. You look so sexy. There's like a weird. They got a phone call in there. Yeah. <laughs> what am I, I missed it. They actually okay. Egranola actually like delivers the "You look so sexy" in a really plain, matter-of-fact way that doesn't pull special, gross attention to it. Listen again. Baby, you look so sexy. So what do I do? That's the most non-offensive between Matt yeah, Tyson. There's, there's no, uh, yeah, there's no emphasis put yeah. on it, which is better. It kind of flies a little more into the radar. Yeah, Egranola really lands it by not trying to land it, and that's great. So the last thing that I have is this quote-unquote alternate version, only uploaded two years ago. So someone on YouTube uploaded this quote-unquote alternate version of Disaster by Reliant K, um, uploaded in 2018. It's 19 seconds, and here it is. Shut up, you did that. <laughs> that has Danny written all over it. <laughs> this time I was taking a drink and you made me laugh. That's so funny. Like, I guess in 2018, someone must have listened to Disaster for the first time and they thought the sexy thing just like put a bee in their bonnet right. in the bad way and they just wanted to That's funny. make this thing. I want to play it one more time. Oh, and then it, it, it is an ending thing to it, which I don't care for as much as the beginning part. But let me play the whole 19 seconds this time. Yeah. It's... <laughs> I, I don't know what they're... Thing was like, were they just specifically upset? Whoever made this, this is made by Crease, C R E E S. Uh, two comments, we got to see those. Oh, someone in um, Indonesia said, Ja, 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 ja. Nice. You know, that's their version of yep. ha ha ha. And then um, Tom Gully is stone green, said, LOL. I could use some never going to give you up so we could have gotten Rickrolled. But other than that, this was good S. Nice. But they didn't say S. They said the S word. Oh, gotcha. This is good S word. Gotcha. So, because I don't want to swear. I don't want to get in. I don't want to get in trouble like Five Iron Frenzy. <laughs> so, um, that yeah, that's that's everything for disaster. Like, it seems like this is a song that people like if they like it. Like, if people hate it, they just kind of, like, don't talk about it. But there's no nothing on song meanings. Nothing on genius. No, th- only three YouTube videos derivative of the song. A ton of uploads. That we, and usually this is a sign. There's, like, five or six individual uploads of the song. Like, people who, up, you know, people who, like, I like this song. I'm going to upload it to YouTube myself. Even though both the band and the label have done that t- right. twice already. 
so this is a song that people like, but it doesn't I did see any derivative works. I did see a Reddit post where uh, someone, and I didn't dive really far into it, but I think it had a lot of upvotes where somebody was like saying that they thought that this song was like underrated or they actually really enjoyed this, this track. Oh, and I forgot to mention, and I guess, oh, and we have a new ending. So we'll do that in a second. But going back to the collapse of a long is a story about a person chasing vapid relationships. Mm -hmm. Like one of the most popular articles to push that theory is by glutenfreeradio.com and their review of collapse of a long. And it's this song specifically in their review, which I'm not going to read the whole thing, but... I'm seeing if I can find this particular moment. Brady actually sent me this. Oh, here it is. I found it. So Brady sent me this article the last time he and I were DMing about how he likes or he was just talking. I don't know. He was talking to me about the collapse of belong as a story theory. And he sent me this article. And the person talks about how they seem to be a very devout Christian who wrote this article and how they were excited for a new Reliant K album and they got it. And something started to feel wrong right away and they were very upset, but they just didn't want to give it up and they wanted to keep listening. And then they talk about, so they work at like a Christian, in this, in this article they talk about how they work at a Christian school or something. And they say, but yesterday while mopping the gymnasium floor at work and blasting the new album over the large, lar- large speakers mounted to the ceiling, Tyson sang the line, baby, you look so sexy. And caused a group of children to begin laughing heartily and their respective parents to begin glaring at me scarily. I was, in all honesty, extremely hurt and felt terribly betrayed. That's just such a bizarre story. I just can't get that image out of my head that someone was like, loved Reliant K and they worked at a church or like a Christian school of some kind and they were blasting the album over the gym speakers and some kids at the school who were probably like super duper sheltered heard Reliant K say, baby, you look so sexy. And then they snicker, snicker, snicker and they laugh, laugh, laugh because they just heard a song about how it's sexy. And then some parents who were apparently also in the gymnasium at the same time while he's mopping look at him angrily like, how could you play this evil devil music? Like it's just such a very specific christian image yeah. you know what i mean very like like saved like the movie saved right. like very the christian i can school see it world. happening yeah. like in my head i'm i'm watching it like just so puritanical and he's like <laughs> mopping the floor listening to an album and thinking it was safe for yeah. work and it was not it was and he, he should have checked with the safe for the little ears radio channels to see if they allow <laughs> that album it was not safe for the little ears. They said the S word, the S E X word. I often wonder if this, if this, um, I know that it had a, like a very minimal physical release, but I do wonder if like this was ever in Christian bookstores, like on CD shelves or not, because right. there is some, some questionable content in this album. Right. And I know like some. Christian bookstores I've been to in the past have had those like borderline and I mean there's less there's no Christian bookstores around really anymore but in the past I've been to Christian bookstores and some like borderline albums would sometimes get put there and I don't know if they were put there by like and I'm not talking about like the Lifeways and stuff I'm talking about like independent ones 
sometimes it'd be like, oh, I'm remembering ChristianBook.com. Their warehouse of all places in it is in Massachusetts. And you could go once or twice a year to the warehouse and just buy things off the shelf. And that's when I would go and I would just like get, every, you know, until they stopped, until record labels stopped making them, I would get every Christian ska CD I possibly could. And I would get like every, um, you know, like punk and metal CD I could. And they had Evanescence oh. there that time because like funny. Evanescence was that borderline Christian thing. And like, I think like if you saw Panic, you know what? It's the end of the podcast. So I'm gonna talk about this. <laughs> saw Panic by MXPX in a record store. Be like, is there some cool guy here or girl? Is there some cool person here at the Christian records, Christian bookstore that's like, yeah, I'm gonna stock these like secular label Christian borderline records, or did, or does the distributor get them? I don't know. I don't care. It's the end of the podcast, and we have a new ending segment, don't we? We do. And it's for us to decide, do we like this song now more? Do we like it better, worse, or the same as before we did the podcast? And I think I like this song better than before we started this podcast. Well, as I said... I think I... uh, Spoiler, I said it earlier. Right. uh, I like this song less than when we started. (sighs) What a disaster. Total disaster. Oh, well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> I love it. Like, we have an outro now, and then you just keep going on. Go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> Hello there, everyone. <laughs> That's all too spooky. <laughs> Hello there, everyone. It's me, Mr. Sexy Radio Man. Hey there. Oh, we're never going to get through the opening bit. Hey there, everybody. You start <laughs> no, I don't. Never my laughter. Hey there, everybody. Put the baby to the put the baby in the closet. <laughs> Okay. And see... <laughs>